What's happening, everybody? Brimo here with another episode of Shutter and Slate. And I'm excited because I've got my friend Christiana Sula with us today. Christiana was born in Sardinia, Italy, to an American father and a Greek mother. As an avid fan of anime and video games, she always loved telling stories. This led her to cultivate an interest in the film industry, and she made her own commercial for a banana phone at age 14. After graduating high school in Naples, she went to live in the USA and attended the University of Texas in San Antonio, where she pursued more theater and video production studies. After graduating, she decided to pursue her passion in acting with the goal of becoming a full-time actress. She has since worked with numerous brands such as Spotify, Cisco, Cons Home Plus, State Farm, and Keller Williams. What's up, Christiana? Thanks for being here. What is up? I am so excited to finally be on the Shutter and Slate podcast. Yay! It's Cult Lady, y'all. If you have not seen Cult Lady yet, you need to get on that because we got the Cult Lady right here hanging out. <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, you know, if it's not if it's not chicken and it's beef, we can't we can't do it. That's unacceptable. Yeah. That's right. Get your shit together, Jerome. that's right jerome peasants peasants (laughs) flying around in space absolutely absolutely (laughs) that was a fun shoot and if you guys didn't know shutter and slate is also a facebook group where we network with other filmmakers and I do my best to help people get together to collaborate and to have some fun. And we actually got together and made our first short film with the group in January and it was called Cult Lady. Yes, and it was a lot of fun um, because, well, most notably, I i mean, I, I had worked with Brimo for a 500K, but it was remote over Zoom. So I had, I had fun just doing that for her, but then, you know, I wanted to work with her in person and I was so excited. I was elated that she cast me as cult lady in her film. And it was just, it was, it was a blast. Um, We had, we had a really good day of shooting and um, she did a great job shooting it. So, I mean, it couldn't have gone better. It was, it was a great day. Thank you. I, I agree. Yeah. I, w- I was literally the crew <laughs> shooting everything with the microphone attached to it, making sure the lighting looked good, running around, moving shit everywhere. It was it was fun. It was crazy, but it was fun. And I feel like we got a lot done in one day. And so I'm just I'm just super happy with the quality of it. And everybody did a great job and we had a lot of fun. So we did, we did. And I had a lot of fun exploring that sort of character. And I tend to, I feel like, play a lot of dark characters or a lot of characters with a lot of baggage or characters that kind of, you know, have an edge to them, have a darkness, um, which I don't mind, uh, you know, that sort of genre for myself. Uh, But I find that, you know, each time I've been doing it recently, I kind of, it's, it's dark, but there's like different levels to it. You know, sometimes it's, a villain or sometimes it's a person that you know has a tattoo and is like trapped in purgatory um yeah I I really like exploring the various levels of I guess um that sort of um dark personality (laughs) 
it's fun i find that fun too exploring the darker side of humanity i mean cult lady you can't <laughs> it's dark but it's comical just because of how ridiculous it is but then you have to think and like shit like this actually happened like this woman was actually a cult leader and went down this crazy rabbit hole of conspiracy theories and just made herself sick and she died and it was just like what you know like it was just such a crazy story that i just had to make a film about it because you just have to. I mean, when you're inspired, <laughs> you just kind of go for it. But I also love the dark and the mysterious because it's just it's just fun to explore, especially when you're not normally like that. And you're just like, what is this? You know, it's this mystery thing. Exactly. I mean, and to go off of the whole, you know, when you're not like this thing, I feel like that's the reason I love playing these sort of characters to that degree, because um, or to such a degree, because in real life, you know, I like to be sarcastic and joke a lot. I mean, I like to be happy. And so showing that side of myself, a more aggressive, dark side, it, you know, a little unhinged, it's it's a lot of fun. It feels very natural to me because instead of, you know, taking taking out that side of me or showing that side of me out in an unhealthy way, I get to do it through acting and just channeling my dark side through there. And uh, it just feels great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not getting arrested or having to do drugs or do anything <laughs> like <laughs> method acting. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. What was that like channeling a, a crazy cult lady? Like what, what were you thinking when you were on set? Cause obviously I can't read your mind. I was just there doing my thing, <laughs> directing and everything. So what was that like for you? To play that character? Well, of course, beforehand, I wanted to do my research, you know, and um, she was interesting. I mean, I, I happened to watch her uh, meaty interview on the Dr. Phil show and it was, unbelievable I mean believable in the sense that yeah this is how cults operate you know there's usually one crazy sort of narcissistic personality that's leading the way um and in that sense it was fun to explore because I mean it, it's it's I mean that's because that's what acting is all about what, what is all about right you're exploring different personality types and trying to get into the head of someone that you you can't necessarily understand or relate to but you have to put yourself in their shoes even though you think well she's crazy she's <laughs> a jerk um but you have to empathize with them to some degree so it was fun and it was of course weird but I like weird so I welcome it and um and also to a degree unbelievable because it's like how can someone or how can people be duped by someone like this I mean did they never stop to question what she was doing I mean she was clearly like ingesting colloidal silver yeah <laughs> right I mean I hadn't even really heard of colloidal silver before we did this um this short film so it's crazy so it, it was it was a fun challenge like each each role I do I I try to approach it with a degree of like freshness like I, I every time I do a new role I feel like oh Am I going to do it justice? Is it going to like, am I going to do a good job? Am I going to feel like I, you know, really 
did enough for my character. And, you know, I guess that's natural as an actress. Um, you, you worry about your performance, which like, of, of course, if you're passionate about something, that's what you do. Um, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of work that goes into acting. And like you said, having to dive into that character and what the fuck their psyche is like, you know, even if they're a deranged cult leader, alcoholic, um, it's just like, you really have to try to understand why, what got them there? You know, why are they like this? <laughs> and how can I bring uh, this energy to the character and, and and be this person. So I appreciate you kind of talking about that. Yeah, no problem. And I mean, it's when you brought up the whole, the alcoholism too, that's, that was such a key point for her. I forgot to mention. Um, these are, she was unbelievable, but at the same time, she had problems that many people in, in real life that we know struggle with or happen to have. So it's not beyond the bounds of like my reality as an actress to sort of not uh, relate, but kind of at least sympathize for her. And then through that kind of find my footing in her character, you know, cause I already know she's, she's not all there, but what reasons can I find to sort of like ground myself in her character if that makes sense because that's kind of like what I mean she's obviously not very grounded but you find points in like you find qualities of her that that you you find in other people that you know I mean we all we've all known an alcoholic or two so that's not hard <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly no, and yeah, you did a great job with that role, and I, you were definitely believable, and we had a blast. <laughs> it's just, it's so fun to watch. I mean, you have to just laugh at the the craziness of it, but you also just have to remind yourself that this shit really does happen in the world, so God help us all. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, God help us all, and I, I would say um, a pleasant surprise for me was how funny the scene about the the chicken versus the beef came out because the other scene yeah. were really cool also but that one because th those lines like you didn't write them into the script it was a cool moment for me just kind of like trusting myself and and feeling like okay she would probably this would probably be okay to say just because like in real life that was a clip shown in her interview I believe so I was like oh this would be great to add and it kind of just flowed and we kind of just went back and forth with it, you know, with you as Jerome. <laughs> so those moments, even though they're seemingly like, okay, like they're just funny or whatever, it, it kind of gives me more confidence in like trusting myself like, oh, this character would definitely add this to their, to their, um, to their speech or whatever. So I was really happy that like my choice, I guess, resonated with with everyone and the audience and you all had a like a fun reaction to it <laughs> yeah everybody was laughing on set when you were talking about that and yeah it might have been in the podcast episode she might have said something about it I don't know but I remember hearing something about it too and I was just like wow like you you're pissed off because you didn't give them the parmesan or whatever chicken <laughs> like what yeah, but it, it was also a good way to showcase how controlling she was because this woman literally took all of her cult people's belongings and money and made them take care of her. Like she was the star of the show. So everybody had to bow to her needs 
and that was it even if they were living with her like she took all their stuff and was like I'm gonna spend the money how I want to spend the money and you're just gonna deal with it and take care of me so there you go yeah because I'm God and I've been reincarnated as what was it Marilyn Monroe and Jesus, Jesus and all those Joan of Arc. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I mean naturally I also must be venerated and worshipped and that's just the long and short of it so I mean you're you're just peasants so <laughs> yeah just worship me and I mean and the death scene too at the end that was a lot of fun just because obviously yeah. cheating the shot like with the knife and having like the little we we use tape right like you, you yeah. use tape for the yeah so it was funny well it wasn't funny it was kind of I know it was frustrating for you because you didn't want you know to catch that on camera but um I loved how you know you got you ended up getting the shot you wanted with the blood and when I was cutting myself and that was such a triumphant moment as well because mm -hmm. it was like yes you know we you you and Sophia managed to maneuver that to where you wanted it yeah DIY special effects man the, you never know if it's gonna work right or not and you sometimes you only have like one or two takes so you just try your best to get it to work and we really did only have like one take because that tape wasn't sticking with all the fake blood it was just the fake blood was just so like wet and sticky that the tape just couldn't adhere to the knife as well and we had to be really thin with it too um and so there was barely enough to tape the the little tubing to the knife in the first place because of how thin the blade was and how thick the little um tubing was so it was, it was a whole thing <laughs> so getting that shot to look as good as it does like I was fucking celebrating and I was so happy <laughs> I was like it worked it worked all the hard work of trying to get this little thing to to go and, and the amount of time we did it in was very impressive too because that could have taken way longer than it did to get that shot so I'm, I'm very grateful that we got it looking as good as we did oh yeah oh yeah and it was just it was just awesome to see um your the way you um you did your shot composition too with the black magic that camera is a very good looking camera on the outside and in the hardware <laughs> absolutely oh man i love my camera yeah every everything came out really well everything flowed as smoothly like you said as it possibly could that day for the most part and i mean there were little hiccups here and there but it wasn't anything major like it's not like we had to stop shooting it's not like we didn't finish the film so i'm just I'm just glad that happened. Actually, one time uh, in college, I was shooting a short for myself and I, it was a thriller kind of horror. And this guy as the monster was supposed to run at me and dive out of this shot. And when he dove, he fucking broke his collarbone. Ah. So we had to take his ass to the hospital <laughs> and it was a whole thing. And so we had to like stop shooting. And it was just, I was like, seriously, like, I don't have insurance like thankfully he he was a veteran so he went to the VA and he was got taken care of and everything but it was just like what the fuck wow that yeah. that's crazy man well, yeah. that reminds me that reminds me I do want to do like speaking of stunts right I do <laughs> want to get more into stunts in the way of I mean I've never been a gymnast so I can't even do flips like I never quite figured that out for myself or never quite trusted myself to do it but I do want to get more into stunts in the in the vein of like weapons and, you know, fight choreography, because, you know, there's a certain formula to it and making it look good. And it's almost like a dance. And 
from what I've done so far, I really would like to add more action to my reel and show a bit more of my comedic side. And, you know, you see that a bit in cult lady, like you see some hints of that because there's to an extent, it's like there's comedy and everything to an extent. And, and, you know, even if something is serious, like adding comedy to it gives the audience room to breathe. Right. Um, but yeah, those are things that I'd like to have, explore more for myself as an actress so far I've been pretty pleased with uh, the genres I've gotten to work with like thriller and uh, you know dramatic stuff but yeah I, I do want to explore stunts and comedy more for sure that's awesome yeah I would definitely consider cult lady and 500k both like dark comedies and that's kind of my lane where my lane was <laughs> um recently um, but now it's kind of all over the place with like what I'm writing and all that. It's just like, all right, <laughs> I'm going over yeah. here and I'm going to go over here and I'm just going to try this thing and see what happens. Yeah. And I mean, that exploring different stuff and not being not being afraid to explore different, I guess, genres and avenues is so awesome. And I mean, it is the only way we can grow, right? I actually... I had gotten more into, um, well, this book, I, I don't believe, I don't know if I had told you about it. It's called Audition by Michael uh, Shirtleff. Mm -hmm. And in it, there's um, these guideposts for acting. And I thought it was such a great method to like follow in terms of a toolkit for acting, because, you know, to some extent, whatever acting class you go to, it varies, right? By who's teaching and, you know, the, the teacher themselves, but, um, you know, there's, there's like the moment before there's obviously you have to memorize your lines, but there's also like so much more of a depth to it that, um, these guideposts kind of, well, for me personally, it provided more of a way to remind me in, in a, in an organized manner, like the different ways to, let's say, attack a script. Because sometimes, you know, you, you, me personally, and I'm sure like everyone who acts, we tend to maybe connect with one script more than another. And maybe it might take us more effort to kind of get into a, a script we come across or are presented with. So, I mean, if we can, if we can use the methods presented uh, within like the Michael Shirtleff book, for, ex for example, I mean, that's, for me, I found it was such a great way to keep myself um, analyzing and like grounded in the acting space. Because sometimes, you know, you might just use a few things like you might think about your moment before you might memorize your lines, but you won't think about, oh, like what history might these characters have had or like what um, what is the room look like that we're in or let's say what is what is the love relationship here or what is the hate relationship like obviously if you're meeting a character for the first time in a script you you have only a finite finite amount of time to build that relationship or that rapport that the the audience can find endearing or interesting to look at right especially in a short film so like for example with cult lady I made sure, you know, that there was some type of rapport between uh, myself and Jerome that could be found, you know, interesting or entertaining to watch. So um, that's why I'm glad I, I made sure to add some humor in there because, you know, otherwise it, 
it, it might, people might not connect with it as much. So like, I hope that made sense. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely. And they, yeah, it was funny. It, like you obviously felt, cult lady obviously felt comfortable enough with Jerome to like tell him shit. Like, you know, like you work for me, we've been living together for a long time. I can tell you whatever the fuck I want. So yeah, it, <laughs> that was definitely, uh, came across really well. <laughs> Uh, during that shoot what would you say would be uh your favorite character that you've played so far mm, my favorite character that I've played so far well I I will say that okay I, I guess I'm kind of biased well I mean I am kind of biased I'll, I'll just be honest my film that I produced my first film that I produced technically Masquerade I have such a soft spot for that character because of Iris the uh, the one, you know, where I'm wearing a gold dress and I have the gold mask and I'm kind of, I'm not fully evil, but like I kill everyone in the movie, spoiler alert, besides my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, but, but then you see my soft side with my friends. So there's kind of like a multi, there's a multi-dimensional experience with that character. Anyways, I'm biased with her just because, you know, it was my first time really producing um a narrative film that you know and it's just like all of the factors um for that shoot came together really well and I got to I injected some you know Greek into that character I got to speak some Greek because I I just wanted to add that you know because that's me and it was the first time I got to present like a really edgy dark side for myself really show off that side and and kind of have a flashy outfit to go with it so I feel like because that was my my first time having so much input into my work I would say Iris is my favorite character and I feel like she is kind of a you know maybe not a blueprint for my other dark characters but she is maybe like the first sort of like the the OG of my dark sided my dark sided characters that I I love she has a soft spot in my heart (laughs) nice Uh, that makes sense yeah and I feel like there was so much meaning in that too because it was your film you created that character you got to put some of yourself into that and yeah those are the the most fun characters to play I feel like because they feel even more personal to you Exactly. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's, it's just amazing to the feeling of, you know, like writing for your own character. And like I said, producing and just being very in charge of that process, because as actresses, you don't always, I mean, you're cast, you know, obviously to get work and to get, to make it, uh, you know, in the career, you got to be cast by someone else. But at the same time, you know, you can create your own personas and you can cast yourself as how you want to be perceived. Um, and, and there's a lot of value in that. In fact, I'm sure a lot of people do this to get, you know, demo reel footage and, and material. So that way, you know, casting directors and so forth can be like, oh, okay, like you can play that sort of character. So it's really um, fulfilling in that sense. And of course, in just a creative sense as well. It was just so amazing to, 
to do masquerade and be iris and like show hey this is me and my taste in aesthetic right and it, it, it also have other people involved in the process and you know want to be involved involved in that process it just felt so good and I, i'm sure it's the same for you when like we did cult lady and you know you did 500k and so forth it's just amazing to put something out into the world it, it, like there's nothing like it and that's one of the reasons i love acting so much is because i can escape the mon the monotony of our real life and just go into that other world and and not like lose myself in it but just explore that side of me um that fantastical side of me I agree no the collaboration is is what I love so much because you have all of these ideas even if it's your own film you know like with 500k and cult lady and you put everything together but then people come together to help you and then to also give their input so you can make the film as good as you possibly can you know like when you improv you know with cult lady and uh, just the way that Sarah came into the character of Megan in 500k like you guys just did such a great job of of interpreting what I wrote and then bringing your own spice to it and so as a director it was very hands-off for me and that's just how I like to direct anyway I don't want to say you have to say it this way you have to do it like this I want to see what the actor brings to the table and how they interpret my work and my character and if I don't like something obviously I'll say hey can we try it like this but for the most part I like to stand back and just say all right have at it like <laughs> let me see what you got Oh yeah, that's great. And for me as an actress, like on that side of the camera, I appreciate that so much because I mean, I don't think I've had a lot of experiences where a director was all, oh, say it this way or like move your hand in this direction or so on and so forth. Um, so there's, there's a lot of merit in that because it, it makes more sense to tell someone like if they have trouble getting to an emotion um, in a scene, it makes more sense to tell them, hey, you know, imagine that your mother or significant other was dying, how would you feel? And that's a good place to kind of maybe get your body to show that emotion or portray that. But telling someone like, oh, you know, you're, you, you need to look more sad or you don't look angry enough. I mean, that type of direction doesn't really help us, but you know, kind of standing back and just giving us a nugget of information to make our brains are like cogs turn that that's just that triggers the emotion that you're needing so much more. So yeah, I, I really appreciate that uh, directing style for sure. Yeah. And you just we just have more fun too, because nobody feels like they're walking on eggshells or feeling like they're doing something wrong. They actually have the freedom to bring their ideas and to try things out. And it, it makes for a much more fun set and a much more laid back set. And you get shit done that way because people are happy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it is on one hand, I understand, you know, if something is your baby, you might be like, you're, you know, you're going to be, you might be a little like defensive of your ideas, or you might want to not, not in a bad way, but you might want to like have so much creative control to a point, but at the same time, you know, when people are helping you or you're paying them to, you know, fulfill their specific roles on set, it, there is something to be said for standing back, as you mentioned, and letting them like do their job and, and interpret like what you want 
um, through their lens. And uh, when it comes to the acting, I mean, it's it, it's also like a, a relationship that seems to flow more collaboratively or artistically speaking, rather than like, if you were more um, authoritarian, shall we say, it, it would feel more stifling and kind of like, oh, okay, uh, I have to do this within this amount of time, or I have to just get it, just do it, and, uh, you know, not really explore, like, different ways to, like, say the line. I mean, that that would just, like I said, feel more stifling, so it's, mm -hmm. it's appreciated when um, we can play a little bit, even if it's not how you originally intended or originally saw it. It's definitely, like, very cool that you you, that you are are wanting to to let you know the people play <laughs> absolutely I that's what making films is to me is play I'm playing with my friends <laughs> right right and it, it's it's amazing to play with like-minded souls absolutely so you we talked about you wanting to try more like uh action and that sort of genre and all that but what would be your like most ideal role that you would love to play so my ideal, most ideal role that I would not mind if I was typecasted in over and over mm -hmm. is basically, you know, like a role, like the type of roles that Gal Gadot does. Like if I was cast as Wonder Woman or, you know, a, a in a badass role in a sci-fi all the time, kicking ass, being a hard ass, like I wouldn't be mad about it. Um, because it's 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 cool I love I I, I want to show you know the tough side of women and all that but um of course you know I don't mind playing all sorts of different characters uh and showing range because that that's fun and it shows more of like you know that the, the craft like you know I I, I want to be badass but I also can do this I can be goofy if you want um and of course, badasses can be goofy too. I guess I just, I love showing all sides of myself, but I, if I had to choose, I would want to be the badass. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. So that's, uh, again, and me indulging in my more fantastical side. I mean, if you're, if your cast is Wonder Woman, I mean, or a superhero, like, I feel you're, you, I feel like you'd be so self-fulfilled in your acting career and not that you want to be comfortable, at, like absolutely in, in the sense like, okay, I'm done. Like, I don't care anymore. Cause no matter how big you get, whether you win an Academy Award or, or what have you, you're still going to want to show more work and more sides of yourself and explore. I mean, I'm sure that, um, you know, many actresses are, are never fully satisfied because I, I guess you just, it's natural. You're, you're never going to be fully satisfied. You're always going to be looking for that next thing, that next fill, because it is kind of like a, a dopamine rush, right? Because that's, as artists, that's how we get, that's how, that's our, I mean, my personal uh, way of getting, you know, that rush, because I'm not like, a drug taker or anything like that <laughs> um so that's my way of of uh getting that rush in life I think is creatively um stretching my limits nice no I agree yeah as as someone that 
enjoys creating it's just fun to like okay I did this cool let's what's the next thing I'm doing you know what's what else are we gonna do like getting off of cult lady I'm like okay I gotta do something else <laughs> I gotta write something else I gotta get people together and collaborate again and have some fun so yeah I totally get that feeling of wanting to do more and more and more exactly and isn't it amazing when you're doing more and more and you get to a point where you're like hey now I have like I have a body of work multiple works that I can show for you know and it and, and not to be morbid or anything like that but I've been having this thought lately of you know if I if I disappeared off the face of the earth tomorrow or I passed away or anything like that <laughs> I would have, I would be proud of myself because I would have things that people could watch and remember me by. And not to say like, you know, like not to be boastful or anything, but I'm proud that I've come so far or to the point I have. So I wouldn't be regretting. If anything, I'd be like, okay, it was a good run. <laughs> if that <laughs> makes sense, if that makes sense. So, you know, I'm not like, I'll never be fully satisfied artistically because I always want to do the next thing or be searching for that next thing um, on how to express myself. But at the same time, it's like, I'm also very proud that I have a body of work and I, and I managed to pursue that and fulfill that in my life. So ideally, I just want to keep going with it. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's funny that you talked about that because with my health issues, it's definitely been like, what the fuck is this? You know, like, what if this weird shit like took me or whatever? And like, I've had thoughts like that too. And I'm like, honestly, I'm not satisfied. Like I'm, I'm happy with what I've done, but I need to make a fucking feature film. So if mm -hmm. I do not make a feature film before I kick the bucket, whenever that is, hopefully way, way later, um, I'm not going to be happy. <laughs> so my goal right now is to make a feature film myself somehow. And, um, I'm still figuring things out and I'll talk to you about it later, but yeah, like I, my goal is to make a feature film, hopefully by the end of this year, at least start shooting or have it ready to go, if not already being done. Amazing, amazing. Um, I don't know if it's God Loves Chris or if it's, uh, if I can mention that on here or if, or if it's something else, but I think that um, your, like the method of, or the way that you've been writing scripts and such, uh, like the book you recommended, I think, that's definitely a very um, helpful and very um, productive way to to get a feature film out there. Because I know, I mean, there, there's a specific formula for, you know, doing a short film and then doing a feature film. There's more steps and more breaks, more acts, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so where am I, where am I getting with this? Um, I, I definitely, I guess I just want to say, like, I definitely think that you, you will accomplish that because you've already written you know, a feature film. And of course I did the read through, I did a read through for that. And I, I was like, wow, this flows really well. You know, when I first did that, I think, I don't know if I had like just met you on zoom, maybe. Yeah. I but, think um, we met at that table read. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that's a realistic goal for sure. And I'm, I'm trying to do like my own thing this year, whether I don't think it'll be feature film level, but I think it might be, you know, another short to get my feet wet again, because 2019 has been a minute ago in terms of like my own production. So I'm just like, better get off my butt and do something of my own. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. What are you starting to write or work on or brainstorm? Well, right now, you know, I've been 
trying to write out like uh, concepts or um, log lines, right? That I think would be interesting. And I, I've been talking with uh, one of my friends, Evan. He's in my same, uh, he's in my same, um, what you call it, um, with my same agent. And, you know, we, our personas with, in regards to like our acting, they're kind of, they, they kind of present a funny polar opposite dynamic. Like his persona is very happy-go-lucky and mine is more like dark, of course, and kind of like, you know, edgy and stuff like that. So I was thinking it'd be interesting to kind of have him um, in something, whether it be comedic or action-packed where we can show um, that, that, that dynamic play out. Um, so I, I kind of, I've been thinking of kind of how to use and collaborate, not use, but like collaborate with other um, actors and actresses that I know, because of course, sometimes the best way to create is to, to play with people you already know and who you work really well with. Um, so yeah, I've been kind of just thinking about how to interplay um, with my colleagues in that sense. That's awesome. That's how you do it. You know, you just mess around and kind of see what ideas come together. I had an idea. Uh, I was doing a TikTok live and Annette was hanging out and one of our friends, another lesbian couple was on just talking to us as we were going live. And we were like, wouldn't it be funny if this, that, and the other, and like, we literally came up with a movie idea that we thought would be hilarious as lesbians. And we were like, oh, I have to make this now. So I've outlined that story. I haven't started writing that one yet, but you just never know when ideas can come. And it's it's great when it's because you're having fun and you're collaborating with your friends. Exactly. And I I haven't, I, I'm halfway done with that that book, um, the Save the Cat one. And, but I can't, I can't wait to start outlining my script because it's like, it's one thing to write a, like a fan fiction or a novel, you know, there's so much detail that goes into it and you want to like write out all the detail, but there's something to be said for like witty and quippy dialogue. And there's something to be said for, you know, that Hollywood formula, not that you need to follow that formula, but it is a formula that is very entertaining and, and people, you know, are gripped by it. And so um, it, there's, there's nothing wrong with following that formula. So I, I intend to uh, use that formula for myself in the future. But like I said, I'm kind of just brainstorming just random, random ways I can, well, not random, but certain ways I can have like a dynamic play out, I guess, with my fellow actors. That's awesome. And that, that helps mm -hmm. to the ideas flow and, and you're creating and they'll probably come a lot easier. Whereas I like milked myself the other day trying to think of this idea. And I was like, no, I'm going to come up with this idea and it's going to be like this and like this. And it came out thankfully, but I felt like I had to really like work it out rather than it just coming to me. Like with um, the lesbian feature Christmas script that I wrote, Ebenezer, that came in a dream. Like I was like mm. half asleep or like a vision or something kind of came and I was like, oh, I saw like a car accident and it was around Christmas time and it just kind of led into what if we had a lesbian Scrooge character and so the lesbian Christmas Carol and that's how Ebenezer kind of came. Um, and so you just never know how you're going to be inspired, but it's a lot more fun when it comes like that rather than me being like, no, it's going to be like this. So come on ideas and you're just like, you know, trying to force them out that way. That's hilarious. You know, with dreams, okay, with my dreams, it kind of pisses me off. You know why? Because my dreams 
they're always, you know, I see this, this bizarre um, kind of, you know, movie or event play out, but um, it's always in such a way where the production value would have to be high. Like my movies <laughs> keep giving me high production value uh, I'm sorry, my dreams keep giving me high production value scenarios. And it's like, no brain, I don't have, I don't have the means necessary right now to like rent an entire ship and go to the Arctic and like, <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of scenario like my brain conjures up. So I, I think, you know, that's one of my problems that I'm thinking too high production value. And it's like, I, I just want things to be so epic. And it's like, tone it down. And it's hard for me to to tone down the production value. So honestly, like that's one of my problems. I'm not even gonna front. <laughs> yeah, no, and it really goes into, especially lately how I've been writing my scripts and my ideas is, is thinking a lot about the budget and about what I could do myself or with minimal help as well. Like with Cult Lady, I funded everything. So, you know, nobody had to pay for anything for that one. Um, but like 500k, like I had to pay everybody. So I went within my means for the most part, but I still had to come up with the budget for that. So as I'm writing these other features and things, I've really been thinking about what can I do myself? What do I already have? You know, I don't want to have to go out and buy a bunch of props or, or do a whole set production or find locations or anything, but what can I do here? And then I just right. let things flow that way. No, that's smart. And it's, it's, very smart as an indie filmmaker to think, okay, these are the locations available to me, or this, my, my house is, is my only, my free location, you know, and how do you work around that? And what stories can you tell? Well, when it comes to location, that's why I was so, I mean, and still am so in love with Masquerade because the location was very special. I mean, it was a wedding venue that also, pretty sure happened to be haunted so that was interesting but there was that production value that I wanted to add um just not really to be like oh look at how high the production value seems but it, it was easier for me to picture my character you know in that that venue rather than like having her at a house party I feel like the vibe would have been maybe different mm -hmm. and I just feel like there's something to be said for taking that risk and if it's within your means right to to seek out other locations um as long as you're not you know breaking the breaking the bank or anything like that it so uh, same for like silent train which i only acted in that one pretty much but the again the production value seemed so so high because we used um we filmed at the train museum over here in uh, new braunfels i believe that's what it's called and it just made it look like we were uh, in that period, in that time period. And I feel like that's definitely part of immersing yourself into the characters, right? Because for a long time, I didn't really think much of wardrobe or I didn't think, you know, investing or, or having a grand wardrobe would be the most important aspect of a film. But in fact, you know, after doing those films, I was, my perspective changed a lot. Like, wardrobe and location can just really make it come alive in a sense and and even for the audience too like really get them invested so I mean you don't you don't have to do all that but it's just like when you do it it's just like oh 
Like, I love every aspect of this. <laughs> I mean, yeah, look at Colt Lady. I got you a whole outfit. <laughs> right, right. At the ascension of all that. But luckily, that was just, you know, Goodwill. Like, you know, finding stuff at Goodwill and just making shit happen. You don't, you can still make the production value look better on a budget as long as you make, you know, good choices about that. Or you have someone doing set design that knows how to work on a budget. Um, and you can, you can just be creative with it. another aspect of being creative on set, for sure absolutely problem solving and and all that good stuff <laughs> mm -hmm. well before i let you go this has been a great conversation i ask this to everybody that comes on here but what is your favorite movie so <laughs> it's funny with me and and favorite movies because i feel like at times it depends on you know my mood or like where i am in life but I'll just say, because I have so many versions of this movie and I'm such a fan of the video game, uh, Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, you know, has been my most watched movie throughout like my adolescent and adolescence and teen years. It's not the most easy movie to follow at first, but because it's Final Fantasy VII and it's the direct sequel, I mean, it doesn't even have, it, it's CGI animated, okay? but it has a special place in my heart. So I'll say that's my number one. And then a close second, this is really opposite, but I've always loved Mean Girls. I mean, that's such a classic. <laughs> Tina Fey's humor gets you every time. Oh man, <laughs> Mean Girls is the fucking best. And every teenage girl needs to watch that movie because it's still, it still stands up. Like it's, it's still got some good lessons in there and you just you just have to laugh by all the ridiculousness of it it's it's great absolutely would you like to butter my muffin <laughs> <laughs> oh, i just want to bake everybody a cake and be happy <laughs> why can't we get along like we used to in middle school god like she doesn't even go here like yeah <laughs> right like so many quotable moments so many quotable moments oh here's tiana this has been awesome and i appreciate you coming out here and do you have any parting words for us before we go parting words don't forget to work it all right <laughs> where can people find you if they want to see your films or find you on social media so um well, you can find uh, my films on, well, first of all, you can go to my website, uh, com, and that's H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N-A, Sula, that's S-O-U-L-A, and then .com. So that's my website. You can find my films and my uh, demo reels on there. You can also find me on Instagram. I'm fairly active on that, and that is Kira. Uh, underscore moo so that's k-i-r-a underscore m-o-u <laughs> awesome make sure you guys go follow her and make sure you subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends about it and we will see you on the next one thanks for being here thank you so much <laughs>